everyone, I'm Simone from PMDS and welcome to a new episode of our, new, of our podcast. Today we're going to talk about GECO, a European Union funded project that is being developed inside Politecnico di Milano and is about applied data-driven research. What is this project about? What do researchers, researchers do in this project? How is it structured? What impact can it have? We're going to try to answer these questions to get to know more about this white topic with today's guest Pietro Pinoli a senior researcher at the Department of Electronics, Information and Bioengineering. As usual, do not hesitate to ask questions, either by writing them or by raising your hand. As a side information, remember that this event is recorded and it will soon be published on all the major podcast platforms. So, let's get started. Hi, Pietro. First of, First all, of all... Hi, Simone. Thank you for having how are me. You? How are you? I'm very, I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, tell us uh, who you are, what did you study, and what do you do at Polimi? Yeah, I'm a researcher fellow. Uh, if you are familiar with Italian academic ranks, I'm a RTD, Ricercatore Tempo Determinato, junior, and I will be a senior researcher in uh, from, from the next month. Uh, I'm in the group of data science and bioinformatics. In particular, I work with data-driven computational biology. So what is data-driven computational biology? Data-driven computational biology is the study and the design of methods to deal with uh, uh, biological data, such as genomic and genetic data, or clinical data, virological data as well, uh, in particular after the pandemics. The aim is to uh, provide answer to complex biological questions just looking at the data without uh, a strong background in biology. Of course, we are driven by biologists or uh, clinicians, but we uh, trust data much more, let's say. So the biological questions we try to uh, answer are of two kinds. So we can identify practical questions, such as questions that are, for example, why uh, two people to which we administrate the same treatment then have different effects. So we want to understand why this happened, what are the features of the patient that uh, produce one effect or the other, or fundamental questions. So fundamental questions are, for example, um, why those questions that increase the uh, available biological knowledge. For example, a research that I liked a lot was about mutually exclusive genes. So what are mutually exclusive genes? Are pairs of genes such that if either one or the other is mutated, then the cell live survives with no problem. Maybe some function which is impaired, but the cell can survive uh, normally. In the case that both the genes are mutated, then the cell dies. These are very important, in particular in the design of uh, treatment and drugs for cancer, because if uh, a patient has a tissue with a cancer and one and the tissue of the cancer has a mutation in the gen X, and we know that the, gen, uh, the gene Y uh, is in mutual exclusion with the gen X, we can administrate to uh, the patient a, drug, a particular drug that inhibits 
the gene Y such that kills all the cancer cells without harming too much the other normal cells. Uh, we did this research uh, totally data-driven, so we collected data from public repository, we designed a method, and we infer a lot of pairs. And many of these pairs were also uh, validated using literature by means of experiment that maybe took uh, several years to, to, be, to, be, to be carried on by biologists. So in general, my research uh, works as follows. I have contact with biologists or clinicians that have questions. We talk a lot to, under to make sure that we understand each other so that I understand what they want and I understand what I can provide for them. Uh, indeed, one of the problems in uh, multidisciplinary research fields, such as computational biology, is that there is always a lack of common language. So we call the same thing in different ways. So we need to talk a lot at the beginning to make sure we understand what we want to do. Then once we understand, once we define a line of research, we gather the data, we get the data, and we start exploring the data. In my experience, uh, if I can just suggest something, that exploration is really, really important, both for the initial data that you have, but also for the intermediate data. Indeed, when you do that exploration, you do your plots, you do your um, statistics, you are able to get uh, a lot of insights and a lot of intuitions. And from data exploration is uh, really where uh, great uh, ideas come from. After this uh, data exploration, let's say, uh, I usually define a method and I run the experiment to uh, to get the, to get the result. <clears throat> Another important aspect that I believe needs to be mentioned is that when we do data science, we apply the data science to biological process uh, differently to what happens, for example, I don't know, for image classification, where you maybe are just interested in having a classify, classifier with a high, very high precision, you are also interesting in, interested in knowing why you are predicting if a patient will have a disease and not only if the patient have the disease. So you are also interested in method that can explain why a prediction has been made. This for several reasons. So first of all, because we want to have, we want to understand the mechanism and maybe uh, study more in depth the mechanism and infer much more uh, biological knowledge. And also because we want to uh, try to attack the, bio bio the biologist in particular wants to attack the mechanism to design new treatment. And also because uh, once you have uh, a particular explanation of the method, you can easily test uh, of the phenomenon, let's say you can easily test, for example, if a gene, uh, a small set of genes, and understand if the patient will develop or not the disease. So you can build very uh, working, very be uh, better than your di diagnostic tool. And this is very, very 
challenging in uh, data science because it's not just having uh, good numbers in accuracy and uh, precision recall and so on, but also having uh, a method that can explain. So methods that works like black boxes usually are not uh, so valuable. Maybe you try to sacrifice a bit the performance in order to get a method that can also explain you a bit more what is going on. Uh, for example, for a, a recent project, recent project about the genetic determinant of uh, COVID, we used uh, regular um, sorry um, association rule instead of uh, other group which were using random forest or deep learning. Because once you have an uh, association rule, it's very, very easy to interpret the association rule. And maybe also to design a uh, di diagnostic tool to test only those genes and understand if the patient will develop or not the uh, disease. Then a part of that, at Polimi, of course, I do uh, teaching. I do a lot of teaching, in particular for the new master's degree in bioinformatics and computational biology, which is a novel degree. It is uh, three years old now. And is a joint degree between Politecnico di Milano and Università Statale di Milano. Uh, it's... So in Italy, we have few bioinformatics degrees. This is one of them with a particular uh, focus not only on the common bioinformatics tool, but also on providing a data science-driven um, mind, data science-driven view of biological problems and how to solve biological problems. I also do a lot of teaching assistant for several courses, particularly in the area of bioinformatics, computer science, and databases. I work with students and for thesis and various projects, and this is for sure the part that I like the most because uh, uh, you, when you work with the student, you get you always get uh, a lot of good uh, intuition from the student, good idea from the student. It's very 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 nice to work with students. And then, of course, I do what uh, researcher, researchers usually does. Researchers usually do. So we organize conferences, workshops, tutorials. Uh, we try to learn new stuff, new fields. We stay updated with the state of the art in what we do. We write papers, which on the contrary is what I like the less, actually. Uh, we write proposals for research grant. Uh, we review papers. We serve as editors for academic journals and so on. So this uh, bureaucratic stuff. Uh, yeah, that's more or less what what uh, how I spend my days in uh, Politecnico. Okay, so another question about you, then I'll move on uh, to the Jacob project. You have a background in uh, computer science and engineering, uh, but uh, what made you decide to um, go into a career about uh, data and in particular about uh, biological data? with respect to the, all the other possibilities that uh, computer science offers. OK, yes. <clears throat> so when I graduated, a long time ago, actually, in uh, 2012, 
um, data science was not uh, so popular at the time, let's say, and also big data, deep learning, natural language understanding were just uh, uh, rising at, at the moment. Uh, so I was interested anyway in machine learning and I did my master thesis on a computational method to predict annotations of human genes. So an annotation is a piece of information which is typically described by a term in some ontology or controlled vocabulary. And when a gene is annotated to one of the term, means that the genes has the properties described by the term. I designed a tool that was able to uh, analyze the set of genes already annotated and infer novel annotation for new genes, according to similarity between genes. Um, then, after that, I started my PhD. And uh, during the PhD, I was involved in a project, an Italian project, with 10 partners among uh, universities around Italy where we started analyzing data, uh, genomic data in particular. So I started investing time in studying and developing new methods, uh, both for managing data. So I started actually to work as a data, in, in the data management, more than, more than in the analysis of the data. And then I move also to, to start studying and uh, employing analysis uh, techniques for the data. Then in the, in the 2016, my group, under the supervision of our principal investigator, Professor Stefano Ceri, won uh, a large, very large um, research grant, ERC Advanced Grant. And then we have the power and the resources to hire and attract many, many PhD students, master students, and collaboration from outside. And that was a very good period where we did a lot of research, both in uh, data management. So we developed a lot of technique to uh, speed up databases, speed up uh, uh, cloud computer, uh, Cloud computing, but also working on real genomic data. Okay, so uh, as you've told uh, us before, the main topics uh, of uh, research of uh, the JECO project are about uh, tertiary analysis, so the use of data like in uh, personalized medicine. And uh, can you explain us uh, in a few words? Uh, what uh, personalized medicine is about and what uh, did uh, the JECO project uh, allow to discover that previously was, uh, let's say, uh, hard uh, research because of the methods and tools that were available? Okay, so um, the project was born after a huge change that has happened in the biology world. So uh, consider that the Human Genome, Genome Project, that was the project to, of obtaining the full sequence of the human DNA, started in 1990 and was completed in uh, 2003. So it took uh, the first time uh, 13 years to sequence the human DNA. 
and a budget in dollar which is similar in the same order of magnitude of uh, sending the man to the moon. Then after a few years, there was a huge revolution in the world of biotechnologies and machines uh, that are able to do a high throughput sequencing of DNA has been introduced. So with a modern sequencer, we can now sequence a sample of a patient, a sample of a cell line, whatever, in a few hours and with a cost of very few thousands of dollars. So the production of data exploded. And in this scenario, the, uh, the biological community starts shifting their approach, their focus, from the produce, pro production of data to the analysis of data. And of course, in this scenario, the data scientist and the data analysis and uh, data management people uh, are very important. So we start working on that. Uh, how we start working? We start working always with uh, uh, a database driven um, uh, state of mind. So first of all, we define a conceptual model for the data that allows us to integrate data from several different uh, um, projects. Indeed, there are many, many various types of data. And if you want to uh, tackle complex biological questions, you need to integrate various types of biological data. Then once we have this model, we need to design a, uh, another, another model, which uh, is uh, um, another tool, which is the genometric query language. So a query language that allows us to extract from a huge repository of hundreds of thousands of uh, samples, just the samples that you need to study the phenomenon that you are interested in. Uh, this uh, <coughs> language that we define is a language that combines uh, typical, question, typical relational algebra operation, so the one from SQL, with domain-specific operations. And uh, uh, this allows to uh, it's implemented in Spark, so it can run on cloud and uh, cope with very large data set and allows uh, to do the tertiary data analysis. The tertiary data analysis is the study of uh, um, various heterogeneous data types in order to make sense of this data. So we usually talk about primary and secondary data analysis when we talk about uh, collecting uh, analyzing data from that comes from the, sequ the sequencer. So if you, if some some of you took uh, exam in uh, bioinformatics or uh, computational biology in general, have seen uh, alignment, uh, mm, uh, peak calling, uh, uh, identification of deregulated the genes. This is something which is. Uh, secondary or primary analysis. Indeed, we move to tertiary analysis. In tertiary analysis, we take a lot of signal produced from secondary and primary analysis. We combine all together to, to give 
uh, an answer to very complex biological question. This is a uh, very, very uh, novel topic. Indeed, when we introduced it in 2016, when we won the grant, there were just a few, like two or three other groups in the world which were working on the same uh, on the same on the same project on the same field. Um, so, tertiary analysis is very important for paving the ground to uh, what is now called the uh, the personalized medicine. In two words, personalized medicine is uh, choosing the right therapy for the right person. So it's experience that we have daily with also, for example, coffee, that there are people that drink coffee and get very energetic, people that drink coffee and get no effect, and people that maybe drink coffee and feel bad because they maybe get too anxious or too nervous. In personalized medicine, we try to take sample, so for example, uh, blood sample from a patient, analyze the, the genetic feature of the patient, and predict from the feature of the patient which is the best treatment to administer to the patient to get the maximum effect possible. Uh, nowadays, uh, personalized medicine is still at the beginning. So we are really moving the first steps. But I think that in the next future, next maybe 20 years, personalized medicine will be uh, the default medicine that you will have in, uh, in particular in some uh, fields of, uh, of medicine such as oncology. Um, so yeah. This is personal, general personalized medicine. I work a lot in personalized medicine for what regards uh, drug repurposing and drug uh, selection. Uh, in particular, I design methods to uh, analyzing the genetic feature of a sample, which may be a patient or a cell line extracted from a patient, identify which is the best drug or the best combination of drugs to administrate to the patient to uh, have a good effect on, on killing the cancer cell. On this, we did uh, a lot of work uh, with, with, I would say, good uh, preliminary results. Okay, so we have been introduced uh, quite a few topics. So if there are any questions from the audience, you can always uh, write them in the chat or raise your hand and uh, I will let you ask them to Pietro. Okay, please. Okay. Yes. Uh, I wanted to ask, uh, okay, because you are um, strong in the field of bioinformatics and uh, in general data science applied to biological fields. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to ask you, as a guy who comes from a different background, uh, still in data science, but more applied to genetic stuff, like I don't know, generic data sets or, or networks or stuff like this. How, do some, how does someone get the uh, preliminary knowledge in, uh, in, in bio stuff to get to this point, to, to yeah, effectively yeah. Uh, get around topics like this? 
because it's not like one can just, uh, okay, I'm data scientist, so I can also tackle these kinds of problems. Yeah, uh, I see your point. It's a very good, uh, good point indeed. Um, what I can suggest is that um, you start by uh, doing maybe your thesis or uh, if you want to take a PhD in computational biology. Then, of course, uh, unfortunately, uh, since uh, the idea of having computational biology is quite new, we tend to have a community of data scientists and a community of biologists that needs to communicate somehow. Uh, for sure, I am a data scientist. I'm not a biologist. I have some notion of biologist that I learn while working on project. So when, for example, uh, a new hospital contact us for some new uh, experiments or for some new uh, analysis, we learn a lot because we ask them, uh, okay, but why you want to do that? Why, uh, what do you expect? Uh, you have this data, what this data represents? Uh, what is the phenomenon that you, uh, you see? I mean, it's something that you learn while you are doing. Um, for sure, having maybe some basic background in biology, such as the one that you can find following a course on uh, Coursera or some other MOOC, is enough to start, but maybe even less, uh, because in the end, data are data. And... Um, yeah, there are some uh, part of data that maybe uh, you cannot treat in some particular way. So for just to make a stupid uh, assumption, you cannot say, okay, if uh, the expression of a gene is negative, then uh, you are uh, uh, you are uh, you are affected because the expression of a gene can never be negative, but. Uh, this is something that you can learn very, very fast. Uh, I think that um, what you have to learn to be active and uh, really uh, being able to work in data science on computational biology is not uh, the main, uh, is not a, a strong uh, burden. So you can really learn uh, easily while you do the research. Just start and you will learn. I I see your point because maybe because often when you have when we have thesis thesis student they say oh okay but I know nothing about biologists but trust me all of them never had a problem doing thesis because uh, the level of biology that is needed often is not at such high level. It's a level that you can learn while you are working. Then, of course, stay at your curiosity also. So uh, if you want to know more, you can read a lot of literature, whatever. But uh, it's not the biggest problem, for sure. Okay, well, thank you for your question, Giulio. Thank you for your answer, Pietro. 
Now, I have another question for you. Sure. Since you told us that the, the project started in 2016, so you've mm -hmm. had about four years of uh, time to study cancer and other diseases before uh, being hit with the maybe most important event uh, that we have seen in uh, a while and maybe we will all we will see in all of our lives, that is COVID. How did the project uh, tackle the new challenges that uh, proved uh, uh, once uh, this pandemic came around? Did you move towards virus analysis and uh, did it change a lot uh, your methods with respect to uh, cancer studying? So, this is a very good question. Uh, actually, after this pandemic, unfortunately, uh, hit us, uh, we, yes, we moved to uh, virus analysis. Uh, of course, uh, these are two totally different domains. Also, people working are different communities. So, virologists and biologists are very different communities. Uh, but we did... Uh, we repeated what we did in the GECO project. So we start by interviewing a lot of uh, bio, uh, virologists, epidemiologists, people working on vaccines, people working on uh, uh, genomic uh, monitoring. And we understand, and at the same time, we look at the data, the data that were available. So at the end, we were able to understand, first of all, which are the type of the data and what are the piece of information inside the data that those people, those researchers are interested most. After that, we design a conceptual model of the data that we call the viral conceptual model. And on this viral conceptual model, we start designing applications. So, for example, we, do, we did application both for our study. For example, we studied... Uh, so, one nice study that we did was about epitopes. So, uh, what is epitopes? What is an epitope? An epitope is a portion of a protein, a viral protein, that can be recognized by the, the human immune system. So, the human immune system attached to the epitopes and destroy the protein of the virus. Uh, we did a lot of mechanisms to study the protein. In particular, we built mechanisms to study more than doing analysis. And we use our mechanism to uh, when Omicron rises. And we will able somehow to predict that as Omicron has a lot of mutation in the spike protein, which is the spike protein that you uh, that is used for, uh, which is the, the protein that is used for the vaccine, we somehow predicted that Omicron can uh, infect also people with uh, vaccine, as indeed we know happened, even if the, uh, fortunately enough, an infection if you are vaccine is not uh, dangerous usually. Um, then we used this model, which was describing before. So, the, the story was, we discussed with people, we designed a model where we pay attention on describing the data in a way that can be used in a cl clever way, 
and store the, all the information that the people can use. And we then develop a lot of tools and we got also great satisfaction with this tool because we started to develop tools that are both accessible, so can be used by people without a strong computational background. So you don't need to code or to program to use our methods, but are usually web application and are also uh, designed to be quite efficient. This thanks to the model that allows us to, uh, if you design a good model, then you can easily uh, make a lot of good things on your model, both in the term of accessibility and in the term of performance. Uh, this maybe come from my background in, as a database guy, but uh, I think I really think that modeling the data is uh, a crucial step. Then we design a lot of tools for analyzing mutations of uh, COVID, uh, mutation of uh, to predict uh, novel uh, variants, analyze variant. And we got uh, satisfaction, as I said, because, for example, some of our tools were used actively by, for example, the Ministry of uh, Israel, the Health Ministry of Israel and the uh, Consortium of uh, Disease Control of United States. So we really felt like we did something helpful for the community. Uh, yeah, that's, that's more or less it. We are still, while we are hoping that uh, COVID ends soon, we are still working uh, on uh, viral uh, study also because uh, uh, in the world, there are other pandemics that are not as famous as COVID, let's say, for example, Ebola pandemic, Zika pandemic, uh, Dengue pandemic, but uh, still needs to be analyzed. And also we think that uh, the same mechanism may be used, for example, where you uh, breed uh, animals. Uh, so in the, in the stable where you have animals, uh, you may want to take under control if some virus uh, spreads across your animal in order to take action as soon as possible. Okay, so are there any questions related to this topic uh, from the audience? So if I can just add one thing, one last thing. Yeah, of course. The, um, the question of uh, Julia, I think, for. Uh, in this case, uh, the biology that you have to know is uh, even less. So for example, now I'm working with some student and we are trying to um, find novel mechanisms to classify sequences. Uh, you know that now we have uh, variants, so Delta, Omicron, blah, blah, blah. Then there is another tool with, to classify uh, sequence that is called pangolin, and is the de facto tool to classify sequences, uh, because uh, it was the first tool that uh, went to the market. And so now we just, uh, so everyone in the world use pangolin, even if a lot of people uh, criticize pangolin for many, many reasons. I'm sure that uh, with this student, we will, we will be able to, even find better way to classify sequence than pangolin, even if I'm also sure that for political reasons we will never 
people will never adopt our method because, of course, after two years that you uh, assign sequence with pangolin, uh, changing totally the method would be maybe not uh, not so not so helpful. But uh, here, yes, it's. A, I think this is a very very good chance to test uh, to work on data science because in this case uh, we collected we the community collected millions and millions of sequences and we have a huge corpus of data so it's a very good chance to also start if you if you want to start if someone want to start working on uh, biology data maybe starting from virus data is quite easier than starting to working with cancer cancer data I have just one other question for you, because uh, as I've also been asked, you have made it uh, uh, clear that uh, for a, a data scientist, uh, it's uh, pretty easy to enter in the world uh, of uh, studying biology. But uh, what about the opposite? I mean, uh, have you made something so that uh, um, the analysis of your, all your data is uh, easily available to biologists? that maybe do not have uh, uh, an exact background on data analysis or uh, maybe they don't know how to manipulate data and uh, do you have have you developed uh, any tool to help them yeah sure so uh, first of all uh, yeah it's easy to enter for a data science to enter in the biological uh, state of mind, but just uh, at the level of uh, uh, knowledge, let's say. Biology have a lot more expertise in running uh, experiment, in running laboratories, in designing the experiment. So these uh, totally we will not learn. So we, uh, but there is an interface in which we can talk. So once they have the experiment, once they do the experiment, they provide data, we see the data, we provide the result on the data, and this is our interface. They give data, we provide uh, results. Um, one thing that we are working lately is uh, what is often called using uh, some ambitious uh, terms, democratization of data science. Indeed, uh, what we see is that uh, more and more data are getting produced, not only in biology, biology but also in other fields, uh, while the number of data scientists is not enough to treat all the data. Also because sometimes uh, those data do not really need a very strong data scientists to be analyzed. What we designed was, for example, Jeco Agent, uh, which was a first prototype, where the user can interact with a conversational agent. So he did not need to write any line of code and design, and design a pipeline to analyze, analyze their data and get some results. So 
for example, if some data cluster in some way, or if you can predict uh, the outcome of uh, uh, treatment from the genetic uh, profile of a patient. Um, and this you can do as a biologist, totally using a conversational agent. This prototype also highlights some, uh, some uh, drawbacks. So first of all, you still need to specify to the system what to do. So now we are working to, uh, to a new version where we, you do not interact in a procedural way where you say, please do that, that, and do that, but you pose to your, uh, you upload your data, and then you ask a question to the system. So for example, are there uh, particular genes that uh, are most related with uh, this disease? And the system combines with artificial, with an artificial intelligence, natural language understandings, some a priori knowledge, maybe on the domain or on the type of data, and auto uh, machine learning, automatic machine learning, to provide the best possible solution to the user. So I think that this would somehow be the future in, or at least will be more popular in the future. Um, this was inspired actually by the world of the robotics, where you say, for example, uh, please, uh, if you want to interact with a robot, you say, please uh, take the apple on the on the table. So the robot has to know where the apple is. So what an apple is, where the apple is, where the table is, what it means taking the, the apple, the apple and bring the apple to you. Uh, similar way we want to do with, uh, with, with this tool. So the user asks something to uh, the computer. The computer needs to understand how the data are, so runs preliminary analysis on the data, must understand with natural language understanding uh, procedure what the user really wants, and must apply with artificial intelligence some solution to uh, fulfill the requirement of the user and provide answer to, to this requirement. Maybe in a way that also explains what the tool did and how the tool did and why it took some decision. So I think this will be uh, is still somehow not uh, in, in a work in progress, but I think that in few years, uh, we will uh, see many tools like that, not only in, in computer science, but also in other uh, in other fields. I'm quite sure that this is my bet, let's see. Yeah, we can say that there is a bright future ahead of uh, data analysis and biology. I see that we have uh, a question, so please, if you want, ask it. Yeah, sure. I, I go because as you know, nobody else has one. Uh, this question is is going to be a, a slightly more blunt than the last one. But um, do you? Okay, we talked uh, a lot about research and uh, research and development. But uh, do you see any enterprise uh, or production um, 
ways in in uh, computer biology because all I can think is okay we do research about it but we don't actually do yet something with it so uh, for the time being for tertiary data analysis there is no uh, market let's say because uh, it's uh, very dependent I mean there are uh, you can do um, cons uh, consulting for sure, but you cannot provide tools. For what regards uh, indeed uh, biology, for example, we managed to build a tool, a commercial tool, where the user can provide sequences, their own sequences, maybe from an hospital, and see if within the hospital there is uh, uh, some kind of uh, uh, heterogeneity, homogeneity between the sequence, which uh, um, Sequences are more similar to the other, cluster the sequence according to, uh, for example, the phenotype of the patient and so on. Uh, so for sure, when you restrict the analysis to something very uh, specific, there, are, there is a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot to do. In the term of uh, uh, tertiary analysis, there is also, mm, I don't think we will have a single product, so a single software to do tertiary analysis because tertiary analysis is like uh, anything. But for sure, there are many companies that does consulting for tertiary analysis for hospitals, for uh, other research institutes. Uh, if you just uh, search on Google bioinformatics or computational biologists, you can find many companies that actually does tertiary analysis for um, for as, as consulting service. Okay, thank you again for your question. Thank you for your answers. And uh, I can I say we can uh, wrap this up. So uh, thank you, Pietro, for uh, participating and sharing your knowledge about uh, this topic. Thank, thank you, you guys for inviting me. Thanks, Thanks so to everyone that participated and uh, we will see each other in the next podcast. Okay. Thank you, guys. Have a good uh, evening. Mm -hmm.